Hi, I'm Bethany Albertson of University of Texas at Austin, and I'm here with Lee Drutman of the New America Think Tank. Um, and we're going to talk today about uh, partisan gridlock and prospects for change. All right. Well, that's a that's a, that's a big topic. Yes. It's fun, to, it's fun to be chatting with you, Bethany. Yeah, nice to be chatting with you. So what do you think are the prospects for getting out of, of this era of partisan political gridlock? Yeah, well, I'm not super optimistic. I, I wrote a, a piece at, at 538 that asked, how long will this partisan gridlock go on for? And what I did in that piece was I kind of tried to do a long, long look at basically the history of American elections going back to 1876 and thinking about how unprecedented this period that we are in now is. And it turns out it's really unprecedented. Uh, we <clears throat> keep having these elections that are just super close at the national level, even as most states are pretty lopsidedly uh, Democrat or Republican. So there's just not a lot of, of space for things to move sharply in one direction or the other, because people seem to be really locked in in their partisanship. Uh, and, you know, but at the same time, Congress keeps shifting parties. So there's this, you know, a tremendous incentive uh, for the parties out of power to just hang on and wait until they get their turn back in power and not compromise, not give in. And at the same time, just this really deepening resentment. So, you know, I don't, I don't see what the prospects for resolution anytime soon, which makes me deeply worried. Yeah, same, same. Now, I kind of want to cheer myself up by thinking about ways in which maybe the electorate expands and maybe more people vote. And, and are you going to talk me down from this? Well, I, I don't know. Should I? Um, well, I, I mean, but we had an electorate in which a lot of people voted, right? We had the or election, mm -hmm. we had the 2020 election, and it was record turnout. So I don't I don't know how, how many more people out there are to vote and how that would change anything. But tell me, tell me your theory. Well, you know, one of the things we like to say about Texas is that we're not a red state, we're not a blue state, we're a non-voting state. And, um, you know, certain politicians particularly like to say that. And, and the idea is that if we could get more people voting, that we'd be a more competitive place, maybe not so solidly in the R column. Um, and there are other states like us, right? The last election gave us the exciting new frontier of Georgia in competitive politics. Um, there's other states that Democrats have been looking to. And of course, as that shift happens, there's, there's a couple that Republicans are thinking are falling more in their column. I'm, I'm just wondering if, if people are getting more engaged in politics perhaps, and if the impediments to voting maybe are getting weakened, um, if, if that might ease, ease some of these tensions um, at the national level. Well, maybe in Texas is a really interesting case because I think Texas has the lowest turnout of any state or it's kind of right at so, the bottom. Sometimes, sometimes we beat Hawaii. And oh, all right. Well, sometimes we beat Oklahoma, I believe. All right. Well, you know, that's... <laughs> Uh, that is, that is, you know, moving up in the world. Um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, so Texas is a huge state, right? And if Texas went blue, that would totally change the electoral map. 
uh, and that would that could signal a realignment. But uh, it, do you think that's likely? I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, what would what would have to happen for Texas to go blue? Uh, we'd have to have some Democrats who are better at campaigning in the Rio Grande Valley, basically. Um, so we've had Democrats do better. And, and Beto's run against Ted Cruz was remarkable, absolutely remarkable to come that close. Um, but, you know, the Democrats lost bigger in 2020 than they did in 2018 because it's a presidential election and and there wasn't all of that anti-incumbent, anti-Trump uh, enthusiasm um, that we saw in 2018. Um, in particular, our, our state level Democrats have underperformed in the Rio Grande Valley. Um, and, and as they're making gains in the suburbs, we're going to have to see them um, make gains there as well. We will see. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it could be the case that just a, a small shift in a few states could could really, really tip the balances. Uh, but, you know, it, it seems like you know, Republicans made some surprising gains in the 2020 election, including with Hispanic voters. And I think Democrats had not really counted on that. Do you think those changes are just Trump related or do you think those changes are, are longer term? I think they they could be Trump related. What I hope is there a wake up call for um, all of those people who want to say that demography is destiny. Um, it's not necessarily going to be the case. And and I, I hope people will start paying more attention to to uh, Latino voters, particularly in Texas, closer to the border, um, but you know, obviously in other states as well. All right. 